Hello and welcome to the Treasures of Destiny podcast. We trust that you're well kept of the Lord. Thank you for choosing to join us as we interact with God's Word. Stay tuned. We have been talking about faith. And uh, the text scripture that I have used uh, on the teaching on faith was in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Uh, which tells us that, uh, you know, uh, this is the victory that causes us to overcome even our faith. So basically it means that on the basis of our faith, we overcome. On the basis of our faith, we overcome. Uh, so we want to continue on from there. When I taught, I said what faith is not. And then I went ahead and said what faith is. We said that uh, a number of things that faith is not. We said a number of things that faith is not. Faith is not presumption. Uh, faith is not uh, calling those things that are as though they are not. Uh, those are some of the things we talked about what faith is not. Then we went ahead and talked about what faith is. And uh, my simplest definition on faith is that faith is confidence in the integrity of God and His Word. Faith is confidence in the integrity of God and His Word. In other words, you are confident in the fact that uh, God is true to His Word and to His nature. When God says He is good, you are fully convinced that he is good. He can't be anything else. When he says he is righteous, you are fully convinced that he is righteous and he can't be anything else. And when he says he will do, you know, you are assured that he will do. Uh, so that's faith. Faith is that assurance, that confidence. The Amplified Version says that title deed, uh, that guarantee, uh, that what God says uh, is that is it, you know. Uh, you, you know there is there is nothing. Uh, you know God that God says what He means, and He means uh, what He says. So uh, now I want to pick it up from there and talk about how do we grow in our faith. That's the final part of that series that we've been doing on podcast. Uh, how do we grow in our faith? And it's not rocket science because scripture has taught us about that. And I will just go to a few scriptures. In Luke chapter 17 and in verse uh, 5, the scripture says, And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Uh, you know, so these guys, you know, after the interaction they had with Jesus and the kind of miracles they saw Jesus do, you know, they got to a place and they were like, you know, uh, we want to have the same kind of faith uh, that he has. And so they are like, increase our faith. And when they said that, uh, Jesus uh, you know, responded by telling them that, you know, if you have a faith as a mustard seed, and I think we already touched on 
uh, what that means when I talked about that uh, way back. But then my interest is that first, uh, the request that these guys had, increase our faith. Now, when you study scripture, Jesus, at one point, when they were in the Sea of Galilee, and he had told the disciples, let us go over to the other side. And then the disciples were in the boat, and then there was the threat of them capsizing because of the uh, winds and the storms, uh, you know, that had, were raging in the sea. Uh, you know, Jesus comes and, uh, you know, enters the boat. And then, you know, he rebukes them and he says, O ye of little faith, you know, and meaning therefore, at that point, Jesus talked about little faith. So that means there is faith that can be considered little. And there is faith that can be considered much. You know, you know the story of the centurion uh, where this man, you know, wanted Jesus to heal uh, his child. And he told Jesus, you know, uh, you don't have to come to my house. You can just say a word. And when you say the word, then healing will take place. And uh, he told Jesus, I am a man under authority. And so I am able to exercise authority. I would tell somebody, go, they go. I will tell them, come. And they come. And uh, on that basis, I believe that the dimension of authority you have is superior. It's in the spirit realm. So you can say uh, to the spirit of infirmity, to that demonic uh, spirit that is afflicting my child, you can speak to that spirit and they will obey you. And Jesus marveled at his faith. And he says he has never seen such great faith in Israel. What was even interesting is that that kind of faith was not with the chosen people of God. It was with a Gentile. You know, someone that is not a Jew, someone that is not part of the covenant, was able to understand the dimension of faith or operation that Jesus was in, that the people of God themselves could not understand that dimension of faith that, uh, you know, Jesus was walking in. And so uh, that tells us something, that there is little faith and there is much faith. And so that means also, if I have little faith, it can grow to become much faith. If I have little faith, it can grow to become great faith. You know, because if there is something little and there is something much, it means that between little and much, there is a possibility of increasing uh, our faith to become as much. Uh, you know, and so uh, no wonder Jesus rebuked them, O ye of little faith. Having been with him for the time they had been with him, he had expected that they can grow or they would have grown in their faith. Now, this is before ascension. This is even before Jesus released the Holy Spirit to these people. And yet, he was expecting uh, them to walk in the dimension of faith or at least to have grown in their faith from the moment they had uh, started their journey with him to that point when, you know, he is rebuking uh, the storms in the sea. 
And so he says, oh, you of little faith. And so in that, against that backdrop, uh, these guys uh, are like, you know, increase our faith. And so my question is, how do we increase our faith? How do we increase our faith? Uh, obviously, the first place to begin with is uh, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. And in Romans 10, 17, uh, Jesus says, uh, that uh, let me just get the scriptures for us so that we can uh, look at it. It says in verse 17 uh, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word uh, of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do I grow my faith? It begins by the basis of faith. Remember when we talked about faith earlier, we said that the basis of faith is the word. That's what feeds faith. Uh, that's, the, that's what births faith. Faith is birthed in us when we hear the word of God. Uh, and so faith also grows in us when we continue to hear the word of God. And so, uh, if I am going to grow my faith, then I must become a person that is uh, sensitive to hearing the Rema word of God. Uh, that is the place for growing our faith. That means, therefore, I need to create an environment around me where the word is uh, the word is taught, the word is read, the word is heard. I need to create an environment around me that is saturated with the word of God in order to grow my faith. I'll take you back to a principle I have kept referring to uh, a lot, and the, that's a principle of focus, which says that what you focus on becomes the strongest influence in your life. So meaning that if your focus is on the Word of God, then the Word of God becomes the strongest influence in your life. And so as Christians, we must become very guarded at what we hear. You know, uh, the, Jesus actually says, uh, with the same measure we hear, it will be given back to us. And so you need to be careful. What am I hearing? What am I exposing myself to? Uh, that, that's critical. What am I exposing myself to to hear? We are in a world where, uh, you know, information is in our fingertips. Uh, we can be able to access information uh, on demand. You know, there is too much information available. There are too many sources you can hear from. And, you know, you can become... Uh, know, clouded or uh, engulfed in a maze of too much information. And so we need to become careful and selective if we are going to create an environment around our lives where the word of God is what we hear. Because you need to tell yourself, uh, put it this way, any information uh, that you get from anything else may inspire you 
but may not produce faith in you. You know, you can hear a lot, uh, you can read a lot, as long as it is not based, it's not the word of God. Uh, it has the potential of inspiring you, impressing you, informing you. You get? Uh, but then it may not necessarily produce faith because the word of God, faith is a product of God. And so the word of God is what produces faith in us. And we are talking about this divine faith that brought our salvation. Remember, you are saved uh, by grace through faith. You know, uh, so God, ha and, and that faith is the gift of God. So meaning that God gave each one of us a measure of faith that allowed us to come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And going forward, now you need to grow that measure to become, uh, to increase and to become greater and greater in order for you to be able to function at the optimum level as a child of God in the kingdom of God. And so, therefore, you need to expose yourself continuously uh, under the environment of God's word. No wonder uh, the exhortation uh, throughout scripture from Deuteronomy, uh, God tells the children of Israel that uh, the word of God should be on their doorposts. Uh, it should be in front of them on their foreheads. They should meditate on it day and night. They should teach their children, uh, you know, every other day, morning and evening. Uh, the word of God was, a, a God wanted from the picture you see when you read the instructions concerning the word, God wanted the word of God to become such uh, something that saturated their environment and their life. And Joshua tells us, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You will meditate on it day and night. Psalm chapter 1 tells us the same. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of God. He meditates on it day and night. Again, you see the emphasis is on saturating yourself with the word of God. Something I got to learn some time back, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the likes of Muhammad Ali the Great uh, during his uh, prime, you know, uh, when he was ruling, uh, you know, the boxing world, uh, you know, during those days, Muhammad Ali would watch, uh, the thing that he would continuously watch was boxing. Because that is what, uh, for him to become a champion, he exposed himself continuously to, uh, you know, his sport. So he kept watching boxing uh, constantly, consistently. Uh, he had no time to watch many other things. Uh, and, and some of the guys who came after him, uh, who were great, uh, among them the likes of uh, Mike Tyson, uh, also uh, followed suit and kept constantly exposing themselves to uh, boxing. And the more they did it, uh, the more they became very good at what they did. Now, uh, it is said concerning uh, the likes of Michael Jackson. I'm using worldly examples uh, because they are probably 
more famous in terms of their feats and their successes. But it's, uh, we can pick some positive lessons there. Now, Michael Jackson, they say, uh, he was considered later as the king of pop. And one of the things that he did uh, that made him great in his field was that the guy uh, would spend hours on end practicing. And when he had an event, even when he was now the king of pop, when he had an event, he would lock himself two weeks and continuously practice the same songs that he was going to be singing uh, for those for that entire period of time. By the time the guy comes on stage, he has practiced the songs, he has practiced the moves, he has practiced every detail about the performance. So when he comes to execute uh, his performance, uh, he is flawless, he is perfect, so to say. Uh, you know, and, and so no wonder he became uh, great in his field. And, you know, it's important then for us as believers to begin to understand that if we are going to increase our faith, uh, we must constantly and consistently expose ourselves to the hearing of God's word. Uh, if I was to ask up right now uh, and take a poll from us, uh, how many of us here hear the word of God uh, more than they hear music. I am sure uh, the majority here would be we hear music more than we hear the word. And nothing wrong with music, even gospel music, nothing wrong with it. But then it's important for you to realize that the word of God is primary. It's, it's, it's the thing that we should expose ourselves more to than anything else. Whether I am a preacher or I am a believer, or I'm a musician, whatever I am, I'm a career person, in whatever field I am, we all uh, come to that place where we expose ourselves to the word of God uh, constantly and consistently if we are going to grow our faith. Uh, for several reasons, just as a way of reminding you, the just shall live by faith. It's the only methodology of us uh, functioning in the kingdom of God. It's the only way of living in the kingdom of God, faith. Uh, the just shall live by faith. The kingdom of God functions on the basis of faith. So if I'm going to function in the kingdom, then I need to realize that the kingdom of God functions on the basis of faith. And that's why I so, if I was to use the word desperately, need to uh, walk in that dimension and level of faith. So the just shall live by faith. Four times scripture repeats that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, the just shall live by faith. Now, secondly, uh, you know, that's why you need to expose yourself constant, constantly uh, to, uh, you know, the word of God because that's the only thing that we live by. It's the currency of the kingdom. You know, we can't function outside faith. Secondly, whenever God gives you a vision, whenever God gives you an instruction, whenever God assigns you towards anything, uh, you need to realize it will require faith to accomplish whatever God requires of you. 
if what God requires of you doesn't need faith, you probably didn't hear him. Because whatever God requires of us will demand we apply ourselves to faith. We must walk in faith to accomplish, to obey, to do what God wants us to do. Uh, you know, so that tells me something that I cannot be able to become effective in my assignment outside faith. Uh, because the things that God demands of me will require faith, and not just faith. I will need to have such faith uh, that will contend with the opposition, the doubts, the, you know, the self-doubt, the uh, obstacles uh, that stand in the way of what God has told me. You know, as simple as the instruction of Esther, uh, you know, requiring the queen, the king, to intervene on behalf of uh, the Israelites, just to approach the king. The protocol in that time was that if you approached the king without the king calling for you to come, then it invites death, even if you are the queen. So there was a protocol to see the king. And the king himself had to call for you, you know. But then uh, the issue that uh, Esther was presenting to the king was urgent and needed her to break protocol. And that meant to risk her life and her position uh, in order to save the people of God. And so as sometimes when we read the scripture, we just think, she was the queen and we are imagining the relationship between a husband and wife and we are thinking that is the kind of scenario that they had uh, the, far from it that was different that this is a kingdom and although she was a wife to the king when it came to his office and his position as king there was a protocol that demanded uh, how people approached his presence and when people broke that protocol it was very uh, dangerous. And that's why uh, it was easy when Vashti defied the king for the wise counsel, the advisors of the king, to look at their so-called constitution in that time and say what should be done to somebody who defies the king. Now, you would imagine that this is a private affair. This is a husband and wife. And so it is up to him to address what he deals with his wife. But then, uh, you know, a constitution of the time was called upon uh, to decide what happens, what is her fate based on her actions. And that is the advice that was given to the king, which he followed to the letter uh, in having Esther becoming queen uh, later. And so it sounds very simple what Mordecai was asking Esther to do, but that required faith. My point, there is nothing God will ask you to do that doesn't require faith. And that's why we need to grow in our faith. Jesus said to Peter, the devil has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that God will protect you. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, I have prayed for you that the devil will not come. No, he didn't say that. 
He says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. That's another reason why we need faith. Because it is our, you know, one of our key weapons for warfare. And so, our faith may not fail. Meaning that if your faith fails, you're done. So your faith may not fail. Now, you need to understand why Jesus said that. If you look at, you know, patterns in scripture are important. If you want to understand a principle in the word, you look at the pattern in scripture. One of the patterns in scripture was that every time Jesus healed somebody, uh, you know, did a miracle, one of the phrases that is constantly referred to in scripture is uh, be healed according to your faith. You know, receive according to your faith. That phrase, according to your faith, was very critical. In other words, uh, Jesus acknowledged the faith of these people uh, that was instrumental in the, them receiving uh, the miracle that uh, you know they received. The woman with the issue of blood, you know, uh, was made whole according to her faith. You know, almost every other person that Jesus encountered, uh, there was a reference to according to their faith. Now you understand when Jesus tells Peter that my prayer is that your faith may not fail. In warfare, your faith should not fail because if your faith fails, then you are in trouble. And so, although Jesus, Jesus, not this wasn't Peter, this wasn't, I mean, this wasn't uh, sorry, uh, any other disciple, uh, Andrew, uh, you know, John, uh, telling, uh, you know, Peter that we are praying that your faith uh, doesn't fail. No, this was Jesus himself, the one who had the power to deliver him from the devil's uh, attempt to sift him as wheat. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. So, and, and, when you look at the kind of sifting that was being referred to or alluded to, that sifting was temptation. The temptation was to deny Christ. That was the sifting that Peter was going to go through. And when I talked about um, in, this, in, this, in the teaching I taught on Kingdom Dimensions about uh, threshing floor, I said that God needed to deal with the pride of Peter. Know? And so that's why he needed to go through that sifting. And, and, and that tells me something, that sometimes God uses the enemy to accomplish his purposes. You know, and that tells you that the devil is not equal to God. He is also uh, subject to God to use him. God can use him to accomplish his purpose, um, even in our lives. So that even when he plans his evil schemes, and you know, God can still... Uh, you know, uh, turn that scheme to become a tool that will serve his purposes in our lives. And so that's what God did. He turned the scheme of the enemy to uh, destroy Peter. God turned it uh, to, to, you know, the, the scheme of the enemy to weaken Peter. God turned it and it became uh, the platform through which God refined Peter and uh, realigned Peter's 
focus so that Peter doesn't focus on himself, but he begins to, uh, he becomes humble and he focuses on God's strength and not on his own ability. So God used uh, what the enemy thought that he was doing uh, to weaken someone uh, like Peter for Peter's benefit. And so, why do we need to grow our faith? We also need to grow our faith because it is a weapon of warfare. In Ephesians chapter 6, it refers to uh, the shield uh, of faith, you know, with which we quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. And so, therefore, we need uh, faith in battle. In First John chapter 5, our text uh, and verse 4, it says, you know, and this is the victory that overcomes uh, the world, even our faith. So meaning that faith is the weapon that hands us a victory. And so that's why we need to grow our faith. How do we do it? Expose yourself constantly and consistently to God's word. We need to develop a culture of hearing the word. Uh, many years back, uh, when uh, in the days of cassette, you know, uh, I remember I had the whole Bible in cassette, and I would, you know, when I get to my house, I would play the cassette and just constantly and continuously hear the word. You know, I could hear news, I could hear other things, but I chose to constantly hear the word. I tend to, you know, uh, credit that season of my life to the foundation it laid for me uh, in terms of my understanding of the word. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure I would not be able to be where I am in terms of my understanding of the word. And I am not like arrived, but I'm just saying that I wouldn't be where I am. Uh, if it wasn't for that culture and that practice. And so that's why I want to challenge you. Expose yourself to the constant hearing of God's word. Today, I may not have those cassettes because they are outdated, but I still uh, have the practice of listening to the word. You know, uh, on my phone, uh, when I'm driving, you know, I'm listening to the word. If I'm not listening to the word itself, which is primary, uh, I'm listening to uh, you know, a teaching, uh, you know, authentic teaching based on the word. I constantly expose myself to that. And let me say this at this point, that uh, sometimes we substitute listening to the word itself to listening to uh, a lot of just teaching, preaching of the word. And while that is important, it still uh, has its place because you get to hear the revelation that God gives another. But it is important that you learn that God wants to speak to you too directly. And you know, you need to yourself, by yourself, for yourself, expose yourself uh, to the Word of God. And so, uh, don't listen to preaching more than you listen to the Word, or more than you read the Word, more than you study the Word. You need to study the word by yourself. By the time you come to hear another person preaching and teaching the word, you already are you know, exposed to the word, familiar with the word. So what that does is when the preaching comes, you know, you even uh, 
struggle to contain the revelation God is giving you way beyond what you are hearing being taught simply because you have been under this environment of God's word. So I think it's important. I have overemphasized that, but I can't uh, you know, say it any better. The word of God is key in us growing our faith. Thanks for listening to this message. We continue with this topic next week. Until then, stay tuned and blessed of God.